Before we get started with today's podcast, we'd like to ask returning listeners to leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, share a link to this podcast with friends or family who would enjoy hearing our weekly discussions about basketball and basketball culture. Now, on to the show. Yeah, this is amazing. Welcome to the 19.9 Podcast with HVS. I'm here with my co-host, Josh Barnett. What's up? And Dan Woods. What it do, baby? What's going on, guys? We're going to start tonight with something new off the top uh, called Quick Hitters. I'm going to throw it to Josh so that he can set up this new segment. Yeah, today's podcast, we're going to do the national championship, uh, HVS Classic National Championship from 2003, Mellow versus Kansas. Uh, but I thought before we got to that, we would hit a couple quick things that are happening uh, in our world, and maybe this is something that we can do every time when we start the pods and 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 kind of maybe get into some stuff that's not going to be a full podcast, but still stuff that's going on in the in the sports world or going in uh, going on in our world, uh, so on and so forth. So the first big news that I have for our podcast, and you guys already know this, is we have our first sponsor. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> We well, big time. Are we? Are we with one sponsor? I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, but our sponsor is Azit Pizza. We share a building with them um, in downtown Evansville, and so I just happened to run into him, was talking to them, and telling them about the pod and so on and so forth down the road a little bit, and we uh, worked out a little sponsorship deal, so we get to talk a little bit about AZ Pizza here from time time to time, and I think I'm, I'm going to have those guys down here, and we're going to do a pod uh, whenever our schedules can line up because we always kind of wanted to make this podcast obviously about basketball, yes, uh, but we also thought that it would be cool to have some entrepreneurs on here, some small businesses on here, although these guys are, are getting pretty big time on us um and just kind of talk about their journey how they set their company up um and such and uh we thought that that would be cool if we have any entrepreneurs or small business owners that that kind of listen to us so without further ado we have our first ever sponsor read-in by aaron meyer please don't screw it up a zip pizza is a build your own pizza place in indiana and kentucky they have unique pizzas each month like the hot little clucker a Nashville hot chicken pizza, and a ton of ingredients you can choose from to create something delicious on your own. Order online for curbside delivery at azippizza.com backslash order. Almost screwed up that clucker again, didn't he? <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. telling you. <laughs> Dan, you love Azip. You had the uh, hot little clucker? I have had the hot little clucker once, but I have a specialty pizza I go with. I go chicken and bacon with banana peppers. Pepper medley, sun dried tomatoes, and I go the cheese on top. Wow, man, you got it down to a yeah, science. Yeah, thought, thought I have it down to a science because I think AZIP, you have to if you're going to do AZIP, you have to play around and like find what makes sense for you. And I'm not just like a pepperoni and sausage guy from AZIP, so I went and got my own. I actually had him deliver thirty pizzas at my wedding reception. Like Tim Craig Niemeyer, he's the man. He came and delivered them at my wedding. 
<laughs> big hit big hit for a lot of drunk people <laughs> oh i guarantee it i guarantee it so when when you walk in do they know you they're like oh he's about to order the dan or uh, do you not have it like I, that yet i i don't have it like that i would love to have you definitely need to get it there where they got a name, name on their name oh my god one time just give me the big dan i'd order it every time i went there even if i didn't like it the big dan i want to be one month one month the big dan <laughs> forget sponsorship the pizza of the month that's that's yeah, making that's, it. that's way more than sponsorship i'll pay for it <laughs> <laughs> so anyways we're we're happy to to have a partnership with azip and we'll keep pumping that out um they are in indiana and kentucky like myers read in said and uh good friends and um it's gonna be fun i think so one down how many more to go maybe they're awesome with the community by the way too yes they are as good as anybody yes Mm. they are and then my other quick hitter uh today was the news that the bulls documentary uh the last dance is dropping early i'm in I've got I've got the time blocked out. I had I talked to my wife already about it. I'm like, you you know, these days this is the NBA Finals this year. Just be be prepared. Two hours every night, or however however long it is per night, where the the TV's mine. I've got a question: Is this can this live up to the hype? Because everybody, every sports fan, has this is the only thing circled. This is like Masters Sunday for golf people. It, like, it's it going to be. Watch. Like it's gonna it's gonna break all of the viewership ratings <laughs> because yeah. I mean it there's is nothing it, else yeah there's nothing else on sports it doesn't related. even have to live up to the hype yeah it doesn't even Michael have to. yeah there's something to talk about even if it doesn't but I, I'll tell you right now that in in my lifetime Michael Jordan has not disappointed and I can't imagine that behind the scenes footage from his final season with the Bulls is going to be disappointing somehow. So the only the only question becomes, and, and I think I already know the answer to this because I kind of saw some of the, the clips that they were showing, and it was Jordan going all in on somebody at practice with, like, vulgar language and shit, which I love. And because that was my one thing I was nervous about was ESPN trying to make it cookie-cutter Mickey Mouse bullshit like they tend to do sometimes. Or will it be like the the first episode of or the first airing of a season on the brink where they actually went like <laughs> full on everything and filmed a <laughs> and filmed a basketball movie inside a hockey stadium? <laughs> really? Don't talk to me about season on the brink. <laughs> so here's the problem with with um about what was I talking about? Gosh dang it! About the. Bulls documentary. Gosh dang it, I lost my train of thought. Go to Di- dynamite dropping, Dan. Really good. <laughs> that was incredible. From the guy that that is bitching about not getting paid to do this. My <laughs> God. <laughs> Hey, I, I did have one more for you, Barnett. I wanted uh, yeah. you were going to talk about Jump Shot, the movie, a little bit. That's got that's going to get an online premiere, correct? Yeah, it's coming April sixteenth through eighteenth. I was actually saving that for our pod, a quick hitter for our pod. Okay, good. This. All right, good. We'll talk a little bit about it. We'll get more about that. Okay, good. Get a little bit, at least the date out there a couple times. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, I'll drop in my knowledge now. It is like where. (laughs) No, too late. We don't care. (laughs) Gosh, no, I'm going. Shows that, like Mad Men, shows that should have been on HBO because they're, like, HBO has such good shows because they can pull whatever they want, right? They can go, like, adult content, language, nudity, all that stuff. Like, that is where I want ESPN not to drop the ball on that. And that's where, like, Mad Men would be such a better show if it was oh, on HBO. Don't shit well, if on we want to do, Don't yeah, come in here and shit Mad on Mad Men. Get out of here. No, I'm a huge Mad Men fan. I think it's a great show, but it would have been better 
on HBO than no, it was. No. Breaking, Breaking Bad would have been better on HBO. I don't know. In that same light, though, like I just used Mad Men as a reference. No, it was know. the wrong reference to make. Oh my yeah. god, it'd been so get much better of all those hot chicks. Come on, get out of here. You guys are nuts. <laughs> nah, disagree. Yeah, not gonna even. Not gonna even. Hundred percent. Yeah. Go ahead and just sign Are off. Are re- we ready? <laughs> Are we ready for this? 2003 Syracuse versus Kansas. Uh, somebody set the scene here. Dan, go That's, ahead. It's your, it, this, is, this is the game. Yeah, why, why'd you pick, why did you pick this one of all, of all the games? It didn't show up for the pod. Yeah. I mean, if this if you guys just want to keep shitting on me on this pod, I'm okay with that. As long <laughs> as we just acknowledge it up front. Hey, perfect. All right. Why I picked <laughs> this? Because, uh, A, I'm a junior in high school. And the one and done had been around a little bit, but Mello is really the first guy who carried a team as a one and done. And it was just, if, if, if flowed into one of the greatest draft classes of all time, and those guys all had great NBA careers. And I think it goes back far enough where it touches almost every part of our audience. I like it. That's pretty good. You know, the, the amazing part of that final four was Marquette not showing up for that Final Four game. Yeah. I mean, they just got destroyed in it. And uh, I was actually talking with Marquette fan on Twitter the other day, and I can't even remember if they they gave me a response or anything because everybody, including myself, loves to bring up the D-Wade Kentucky game in the Elite Eight, the triple-double. It's one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. And then you never hear anybody talk about the Final Four after that. It was just the game to get to the Final Four. And uh, and I know that was big for Marquette. Marquette has great fan base, great tradition, all that stuff. Um, but God, I I need to go back and watch that game. You know what I mean? Because they got beat by like thirty three by Kansas in a Final Four game. That doesn't happen very often. No. Yeah. Yeah. Kansas must have been just on just on fire on that. But I I thought too. So for me, this what jumped out here too, just setting the scene was not just Mellow because this I kind of remember this initially as like Mellow's game, uh, you know, totally because he's kind of the iconic figure from this. But man, uh, McNamara was a much bigger played a much bigger role, especially in that first half, kind of establishing things for them um, and just get you know, get, getting out there. And I think the three ball too, just, just a different weapon that, you know, maybe before this, this time might not have been such a focus, but look, uh, pretty, pretty look, rare. Look at McNamara's threes. I think he hit six in the first half or seven in the all first half. All of them. He hit six all in the first six half. Six in the first half. And I think five of them were assisted by Mello, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, and they were was, really focusing on Melo. Might be the only time in Melo's career he has five assists, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Melo passed the shit out of the ball in this national championship game. He, he really did. Faster than I remember, too. That guy was – he he could move down the floor as young Melo. So, so w- was I the only one that thought that Syracuse was like had eight dudes on defense for that first, <laughs> like, 12 minutes of the game? I it's mean, literally if, one of my, my second thing on here. Uh, Dwayne and and work way more athletic than anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> my note says super athletic. My note says Cuse long as hell. Eight dudes <laughs> they, playing out there. <laughs> how did they have that one like random center, that big slow center that they had though? That didn't guy matter just, though because he, it was Craig, Craig Ford. Yeah, it just, didn't. It didn't matter. Just standing there. Because he just clogged up the paint, and then they bring in McNeil uh, off the bench, and and he was more athletic and more fluid out there. But he was a big body too, and they would just bang on people like 
fourth was a nice piece. And you really, besides McNamara out there, who who's not real long, you had Quetuani at the top of the two three. You had fourth, who was in in the middle of it, so seven footer in the middle. Mello and Hakeem Warwick on the blocks, and then McNamara was the other guy up top. I mean, where the fuck are you getting a shot off? I don't know. It, it, it was impressive. Well, I'll tell you where they were getting a shot off is something you would have loved, Barnett. They were dumping the ball into that high post to Graves, and he and Collison were working that high-low post. I mean, that that's a lost art form there. Those two guys look insane the entire game. Yeah. They they were really working it. And you know who else I forgot about was uh, the Langford kid. Boy, he, is, he was slippery on the drives. Like, he could really slither to the lane. And I think we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little later, but I think him uh, getting into foul trouble, they put him on mellow initially him getting into Too foul small. trouble. And then, yeah. And then eventually fouling out, I think maybe cost Kansas the game. Cause Big they time. And that last, that last foul that he commits is such, oh, just, man. A, just a, a, a spaz out moment. Like Bonehead, just, right. I mean, you just got to let that fucker score there. I mean, yeah. it was, it's, that was score anyways. One but way you know or another. What, What's interesting is anytime we do any kind of uh, Twitter uh, trivia or not trivia, but Twitter giveaways or throw a question out there and just try to get some feedback from our our customers and our fans. Um, If we send anything out as far as a Kansas 03 team or uh, guys, we did that one pod of guys that didn't make it to the league that we thought were going to, you know, from their college careers all Kansas fans I think their number one dude is that is Langford uh that didn't look like didn't, he moved like a pro he just couldn't shoot couldn't shoot, and couldn't shoot and at not, the wrong time yeah and he's not big enough too I mean if you can't shoot you can't be six three you but know? I was you like have, same as you blown away and super impressed with how slithery he was and uh moving through all that length and finishing at the rent like he looked good as shit out there. Yeah. And then just had that bad foul, man. Yeah. I, th- I also think the cool part about this game is it's the changing of the guard. It's four-year players. It's Roy's uh, – one of Roy's last runs, which is – it's an, it's With amazing. Kansas. It's his last yeah. game at Kansas, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing that he never wins a title there with hmm. everybody he that had crazy. in there. And had a lot of Final Fours there, too. I think this is the game where they ask him, which he had every right to say this, uh, but they ask him after the game about North Carolina because those rumors were already yes, circulating. I forgot that. And he's the one, like, on live television, which never happened back then, especially from a coach not named Bob Knight, uh, <laughs> is he looked her dead in the eyes and he said, I don't give a shit about North Carolina right now, or right now I don't give a shit about North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, I, I always respected that. I, I, I love – kind of loved it and I'm, i've never been like a huge roy Williams it's guy. dadgummit roy all the time he's never cussing he's always under control but you but, know but that, i did think yeah. the changing of the guard there was collison heinrich long careers there uh versus you know we always think of mellow and mcnamara is a freshman too so i it, it was in the kansas team without wayne simeon I know that's a that's an underrated thing. I had that I down. He, too. I think he was averaging fourteen points a game. Like yeah, yeah he's all American. It was fifteen. It was fifteen something. Yeah, it was like fifteen and eight or something like that. Like, yeah, and they they made it to a national championship with probably, I mean, a guy that would would have been a great fit against that Syracuse team because he had length and athleticism and he could play. I mean, yeah, averaged fifteen a game too. 
Well, obviously he fits right into their game plan, right? They, that's the way they were scoring is that they're yeah, banging. That, that they're banging team, against that zone. That Kansas team has to be one of the great Kansas teams of all time. And if he doesn't get hurt, I mean, what, what could have been? Yeah. Even if they're I, short, they're short though. That's the thing that they were struggling with all game is like, who do they bring off the bench? Like if they could bring graves off the bench and Simeon starting, I mean, that's just a game changer. Cause yeah, they just did not, the guys coming off the bench were, were shooting. Not, yeah. They just had no nothing. shooting. They, no you had Aaron Miles and you had Langford out there, and Langford can't shoot, neither can Aaron Miles. And oh. you had them on the floor the majority of the game together. And then Heinrich struggled big time. So Man. Heinrich Heinrich knocks down a couple threes like he had all season because Heinrich was a phenomenal basketball player. And that because that game gets tight late, you know Syracuse handles them, and then it gets tight late. But uh, you know if if Heinrich is his normal self, that game's probably completely different. For sure, and I have I have in there we talk about, I mean, Kansas gets down thirty two to fourteen, and they hit a big three to make it thirty two seventeen, and actually make a pretty good run in the first half, to not where so it's not an absolute blowout because it had the makings to be an absolute blowout early. How what did you guys what did you guys think about Kansas's free throw shooting? Have you guys been at games where a team neither like a team like that just no one on the team can hit a free throw cuz it is just weird even on yeah. rewatching. It's That's just weird to watch guys like totally freeze up. I mean, I think they I don't remember what the final tally was, but they missed like 20 free throws. It was crazy it how was many free really, throws they really missed. Bad. Like I I, I want to say like I think there was a time when they missed 9 of 11. Like and they were like seven or twenty something from the line. Like it was, it was, it obviously cost them the game. From yeah. three Indiana boys, that shit is unfathomable. Like, yeah, I mean, we grew up on Bob Knight basketball, where you made more free throws than your opponent attempted. And right. I mean, that you win. Like Calipari has lost national championships on free throw shooting. Right. Stack yeah. teams. Great teams should have ran away with national championships, but couldn't make free. It's an Achilles heel. You hear it all the time, and it's cliche as hell, but it's the damn truth. I mean, you don't, if you can't shoot threes, because that Kansas team without Heinrich can't hit shit from three. Well, well, what was weird, though, is that they, uh, don't seem like a team that would get the yips like that. You know, like Dan was saying, they're, they're a team that was a seasoned veteran team. And, you know, I don't know what their season average was, but it couldn't have been anywhere near that bad. I mean, they were just like a, just a bit, had to be one of the worst, you know, free throw shooting performances in the history of the NCAA. So it's weird because obviously now everything is just re rewatches, right? So I think I've seen the, the Wisconsin uh, Kentucky game from 15, five times in the last couple weeks. Cause it's always on big 10 network, right? So mm-hmm. I was watching the the thirteen Michigan versus Syracuse uh, Final Four game, and Michigan does the same thing. Burke misses a couple. Uh, McGarry was a bad free throw shooter, and I went back and rewatched that game too because it was just on. And I think there was a stretch where Michigan was like four of eleven from the line at a point, and they had that game kind of in control the whole time, and they almost gave that game away on the free throw line too, which is and I, I don't I forget that. But man, they they missed some big free throws and got kind of lucky at the end to win that game when they had a pretty big lead. But when Syracuse brought the pressure against them, because no one ever thinks Syracuse can bring pressure, and they folded up like a tent shooting free throws, it was really bad. What did you guys think of? Uh, did you guys remember Mello's back being hurt? Because I don't remember that. 
I just didn't remember that playing into the game, but they talked about it a ton during the game, during the broadcast. And I thought actually thought Packard was kind of questioning whether he was actually injured. And then he would call it out every time, uh, every time he winced or made, made a face. But I mean, Mello was scoreless the last 13 minutes of the game. And I just, I, again, d- did not remember that, but it certainly was a huge part of this game. So two things. Number one, Watching these old games and watching this 2003 game, I realized how much I really miss Billy Packer on the calls of these games. Mm-hmm. Big Billy Packer fan. I love him. He might be an arrogant prick in real life. I don't care. I love him <laughs> at Final Four. I mean, I have no idea. Never met him, obviously. So, uh, But I love Billy Packer for the Final Four far more than anybody that's doing anything with it yeah. these days. Um, and maybe that's just a nostalgia thing. Uh See- I don't know though. In this in this game, like I I agree with you. I do love him too. But in this game, I actually muted it at one point because I don't know why, but he was driving me crazy. He just could not get off of talking about Mello's back and the missed free throws. It was driving driving me nuts. One of our categories is would this game have been better with Bill Walton? And usually in the these championship games, I I say I would say no. But I would have rather had Big Bill on this one. That's the softest shit you've ever said on this podcast. I cannot, I cannot handle people that tell me that they mute something when they're watching it because of the sports. It was just, it was taken away from the game. I was enjoying the game, and he just like it it was out of place. Like (laughs) Mello wouldn't even be in. He wouldn't even be in the play. He just like would wince on the other side, and he'd be, "Oh my god, Mello's back! Is it hurt? I don't, you know, just." Well, this has to be one of his last broadcasts too. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I guess maybe he's slipping a little bit. I didn't get that at all. I didn't really pay much attention to, to that. I just like his voice. And uh, yeah, he, no, that's, that's unquestionable. Like, he's, like I said, he's one of my favorites, just not, not this game for me. Not so mellow, but so back to mellow, uh, yeah. mellow had a very, uh, way more quiet than what I remember 2010 and seven, which is crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, 2010 and seven but if you remember that whole tournament he had just been scoring at will on people right and so then he disappears and kind of doesn't score um there like you said the last 13 minutes of the game which is uh, amazing because he was just lighting people up and and smiling the entire time um but but like i think dan said it earlier that he thought that this was like or maybe it was you meyer that said you remember this as the mellow run an asterisk to that side has to, there has to be an asterisk to the side for McNamara who's already been recognized, but for Hakeem work to work. Yeah. Yeah. Because that guy was an absolute animal and turns out to be a great pro for many. He definitely had the play of the game. He, it was funny to, to give Packard a little, uh, a little credit. He kept talking about, uh, Hakeem works ballerina moves. I thought that was an interesting way to say it because he's not. Uh, I wouldn't have thought of Hakeem work like that, but he does kind of move gracefully because he's so slant. He's so slender. Kind of. I guess that's where he gets the. But it, but it doesn't. But it doesn't look like a ballerina. It's just amazing because it's all knees and elbows flying all yeah. over the place, and then somehow he makes it yeah. into a basketball move. Right. But he he has the signature play of the their final four game too against Texas, which. Mello gets all the love on that, but but I mean he just put his nuts in that Texas player's face and just murdered one on the baseline. And I mean, those are the two plays of the the O three championship run, um, as far as the final four goes. You know, and they both belong to Wark, not Mello. 
one of my notes on Melo is the the D that they played on him in the second half was so much more physical than what they did in the first half to him. Like they were in his airspace in that second half. And I thought the game in general, I, one of my notes is a physical game. It's crazy to go back and watch games. Even, you know, we talked about this when we watched the 13 game, how much more physical the game was in the early 2000s. Like you it's weren't nuts calls. Like when they talk about the, uh, the hand checking and, and the movement, you had to get fouled like in the early 2000s to get calls. Like it wasn't, there was no freedom of movement and how they just let guys bang inside was really, really different to me. And I thought I can't, this game was really physical. I can't remember what old game I was watching the other day that was on CBS um, Sports Network or whatever the hell it's called. And, uh, they this guy just like torpedoes himself i think it was maybe like the 88 national championship or something a game that i don't remember watching i wanted to watch a little bit of it i mean i'm talking about just like loses the ball so he just goes and lowers his shoulder and launches himself into like the stomach of another player and then they call the ball out of bounds on the dude that got torpedoed or whatever and i'm like (laughs) That fucker would be spent like uh uh having like a one game suspension in these days. <laughs> oh, for sure. But I loved it. But you're right, yeah. and it's funny because you don't think of 2000, 2003 as being that long ago, but seventeen years ago, man. Yeah, that is. It, I and another big thing about this too is, Collis or Collison and Heinrich, highly underrated pros. Like they both have long careers in the NBA. Like really, and you don't think Nick Collison, like white guy who plays the four, you know, doesn't do anything like like great is going to be a great pro. But he ended up having a a pretty good run. I think he just retired a couple of years ago, so I think yeah. he had like a thirteen or fourteen year run where he was just a really really steady pro. And Heinrich was on a bunch of deals. I mean, he got paid too a couple of times. I saw uh, <laughs> that one play towards the end of the game where they throw it from half court out of bounds down to the baseline and Heinrich takes it, sweeps it through, takes like two dribbles and go goes up just two hand murders one. <laughs> I stopped the game, got on my phone and Wikipedia how much is Kurt Heinrich worth? Like I wanted to look at all of his contracts yeah. in the NBA because I was like, like, hold up, that guy had what to make in the fuck just you, happened. You forgot to mention too that was after he had sprained his ankle too. Oh like yeah, moments, that was a bad moments sprain. before that he had badly sprained his ankle and yet somehow is flying to the hoop just a few minutes later for a two-handed dunk. I mean, it literally. I literally paused it before he ever even hit the ground and looked up how many, how much money he made in the NBA. Because I was like, I don't remember how much that. did he make. It was a bunch, wasn't it? It was up there. I eighty-five, can't eighty-five million. That's yeah. a de- that's a decent chunk of change. Decent chunk, more the most out of anybody in the game. I think uh, your boy Collison made like seventy some. Crazy, really, on the mm-hmm. Kansas side because Melo made a lot more than that. Well, obviously, yeah, yeah. But Hakeem Work, how long was Hakeem Work in the NBA too? He was he was twelve, thirteen year guy too, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look him up. Don't know. Meyer, by the way, Meyer always hates it when we look up. Shit I know. Here, here they go. Let's, go. Let's get, so get on Meyer, Google. Kansas was the two hundred seventy seventh ranked free throw shooting team in the country. That All right, so it did it did fall fall in there. They had the but they had the most attempts in the country. They shot sixty five percent from the line. So they had to have shot, shot like twenty percent in this game, though. I mean, it was it was it unbelievable. Was really bad. Yeah. You know what we can do, Meyer? 
We can you're look, gonna look at, at you're gonna look at it too. <laughs> well, I, while, while you're doing that, I'm gonna throw out the next question because I'm curious would would these teams be good today? So if you trotted these out, 2020, 21 season. Now that we've now that this one's concluded, would the, would these teams be good today? Yes, yes. I think if you put Wayne Simeon on the Kansas team, they give anybody what they want. Really? See, I'm not sure about Kansas because I with that they would need more the, shooting. They would need yeah, more exactly. shooting for sure. Like, in, like yeah. Indiana showed this year why you got to have some some shooters. It's just such a struggle now. And they don't have basketball. one pro. Get out of here with this IU love fest. IU gets beat by this Kansas team by 30. Oh no, I'm not saying they're gonna they're gonna win. I'm just saying that 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 sort of uh, inability to shoot is a, a problem. Like Dan, because. It was the- because some some you know threes worth more than two, and people just take so many more threes now yeah, today. You, you you so Dan hears the word Indiana and just goes for everybody's he does. throat. I know, like like the whole thing that Meyer just said was was like putting anti you yeah. like yeah like we had no shooters this year we couldn't yeah. shoot for shit and that doesn't work since holes went there get all out day, of all, here. all dan hears is indiana is gonna beat this kansas team like what where did i say that listen i'm not i'm not one that. of these i'm not one of these fans i never say shit when my team win <laughs> regardless i just don't because I, I don't really care all that much anymore but let let IU beat Michigan's ass one of these years, and I'm going all in. <laughs> I know, get it. I mean, seven in a row, man. It's been a while. Man, let it happen. All it has to do is happen one time in the next twenty years. It, I'm, I'm, I'm like living on borrowed time right now because they got some pretty good runs. Yeah, I won't say shit. I'll just smile at you every time I see you. <laughs> That's always worse. But the one thing I rem- like Mello's game from this to his NBA career was like a spitting image. Like he caught the ball on the wing. Like would carry the ball down, would look down at people and just and just elevate and shoot. And he was just such a pure shooter. I loved it. Like I, I felt like I was watching Melo ten years later in the NBA. I thought his game was almost identical to what it was when he was at Syracuse. And and a lot of guys don't have the exact same game. Like he he didn't really transition. He was kind of almost identical to what he was yeah. then. More polished. Like the only thing that I did notice, his handle was not very tight. He he had he had to dribble quite a bit, and he needed he he had uh, tightened up his handle a lot in the pros because he was he got away with uh, some pretty loose loose things where I think Kansas's defense maybe wasn't who they had on him wasn't wasn't so stellar. They didn't have a good matchup for him. Nobody nobody always, in the country had a good matchup for Melo that year. Probably probably true. I love Melo too because. People like George Carl says he coached him wrong. I heard Danny Granger one time do an interview where he was talking about like who's the hardest guy to guard, and he's like Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, he's like because he looks like he's like out of shape, <laughs> but he's so strong, he's so athletic, he's so physical. He's like he is a nightmare matchup for anybody, just because of like how big physically he is. And he was not gonna. He was never scared to shoot. He is the definition of what this podcast is. He is a high. Yeah volume shooter <laughs> but he can, give it, he can give it to too. you in any any way he can post you he can get to the rim he can pull up over you he's got the mid-range game and he can hit the three so <laughs> like until kd came around and kd kind of refined himself mellow yeah. hands down was the best score in the league for a good seven eight year stretch yeah it went kobe mellow kd in that straight order like that was how the torch went right and Mello is just a problem. The thing that I mar- marvel at with Mello and uh, and LeBron 
from when they came into the league. And I know they were both like 18, 19, whatever, super young. But those guys got so much stronger from when they, you know, you see them on those those draft clips or whatever. And even Melo, who's not like ripped up like LeBron's just an animal. But uh, even Melo, you can tell that. I mean, that dude added so much strength from where he was at, at Syracuse. And, uh, and he never just, looked fat either. Always like looked like he was like thick, but never like crazy out of shape. He was somewhere between LeBron and Paul Pierce. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a really good mix right there. La Pierce, huh? <laughs> Dan hey, Lowe, we Paul haven't Pierce. said anything about uh Quet Duaney, because he, he kinda comes out of nowhere in this game. They have that stat earlier in the early in the game, like what are the Syracuse was like twenty two and one when Quet Duaney's in. I thought he kept years. Yeah, in the game early he was he was dominant. Yeah. Like, hey, Barnett, did you watch uh Duaney Duaney play when they played at Wrights? Yes, I Were did. You playing? No, that was that was much younger. So I played against Queth AAU. Yeah. So Queth was like a year older than than me. So 2003, he was a senior, and that was my junior year at IU. But did, so did, we always had to play up um, in our AAU thing, and he played on Bloomington Red. They were the number one ranked AAU program in the country at the time. We played him. We played him in the state thing, getting to the nationals or whatever. However the hell it went, and. uh they beat us pretty good. They beat us by maybe, I don't know, 14, 16 or something. Um, but we were all a year younger, but it was like a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, I got in a fight with the old Butler coach in that game. <laughs> so, like, I'm, uh, goddamn, what's his name? Brandon Miller, maybe? You know the dude that, like, kind of went, like, MIA from Butler before they yeah, hired? Before Holtman. Yeah, before they hired Holtman. So, that guy was re- a really good high school player. Hmm. And, uh we got tangled up. So like I said, we were like the young dudes. So I wanted to kind of send a message that we weren't like intimidated by them because they were older than us and they're number one ranked team. And I wasn't like a dirty player or strong or anything. I mean, I was a little bitch, but, uh, we got locked up underneath the basket on a shot and that dude punched me that old Butler coach, like turn around with the, I had one of his arms locked up. He just threw a haymaker, just punched me. So Um, are you really telling me that, that Brandon Miller's, downfall was why he left butlers because he could never get over that you whipped his ass in a fight no i didn't whip him he punched me and then the ref this is the favoritism they got because they were number one team in the country we were nobodies the ref (laughs) said that if i did one other thing in that game even as much as an illegal screen he was throwing my ass out of the game (laughs) oh my god intimidation and i'm like i looked at that dude and i was like sir that man punched me i did not (laughs) i didn't I didn't do anything. So, yeah, that's that's my Bloomington Red story. But Queth was on that team, and he was always good. But I remember Dwayne Dwayne coming to rights. That was a big deal. Was and I, I almost played against Queth Dwayne, but just just missed it because we lost in the game before when that's they right. won, the state, won the state championship. Bloomington uh, North, Queth yeah, Dwayne, North. state uh, champs. So they, they, they were, one, were one away from matching up against them. But Where did Dwayne uh, Dwayne play? Was it Wisconsin? Was it yeah. No, was it was it, what high school did he play? It would have been. It probably was Bloomington North too. I'm sure. I think all those kids went went uh, to North because there was yeah. Bill too, and then the guy that runs our social media ads for us, uh, his best friends. He's best friends with Queth. He was. They had was five. They had five kids. Five kids. They all went to D D one on athletic scholarships. Yeah, D1. now they're all like helping save the world and shit. Like great yeah. family. Yeah, I mean Dwayne, Dwayne, Queth, Dwayne, and Bill. Yep. <laughs> 
They got a daughter. They got a daughter that one played as well. B I L too. But I think yep. Bill was probably the least heralded of the of the whole group. And probably. He, he he went through Bloomington North somewhere around that time that like Jeffries and those dudes did yeah. too. Because he used to play. He used to play up with Hyper all the time too. Right. Interesting. So so who gets the the game ball for it for this game? I think it might be obvious, but I'm kind of curious if you guys want to zag on this one. Mm, I don't think it's obvious at all. You are you thinking it's obvious because it's mellow? Uh, that's that's who I because I tried to think of somebody else. I almost went with Akeem Warwick, like you said. But you know, then I went then I went back to it. You said the stat line already. 20, 20 10, seven assists, only three turnovers. And again, I think that the biggest maybe the biggest thing that doesn't show up in the box score is that he he put Langford out. He gets him in foul trouble early. And then that causes him to foul out later later in the game, and ultimately that might have been the you know the deciding it probably deciding factor. probably has to go to Melo because so much uh, facilitated off of him. You know what I mean? So much yeah. shit happened, and people were able to move around freely because of what happened to him, or because of the attention being paid to him. But uh, you know, there were other dudes that were having great games out there too. The, the role players starred. I mean, talking about Mar- McNamara six threes in the first half. Dwayne gets double figures early. Like Warwick, th- those guys all had to play well because, I mean, I mean, Melo obviously gets goes off, but those guys, if they don't have great years like they did, Syracuse never wins. Even though Melo was as good as he was, he had a bunch of star role players on his team for sure. I mean, McNamara was a, a bona fide star in the Big East from hey, that, that time. Run, that run he goes on in the Big right. East tournament. When That's he what I'm st- didn't he stand up on the on the scores table after he after he goes crazy? Think you're, you're thinking of uh, Devendorf or Devendorf. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Eric Devendorf. Yeah, <laughs> that's another. That's a great name right there. You you always get the white guys confused. <laughs> white guys who have fades, you know, like <laughs> yeah, they, they play for Syracuse. They go on on Big East runs. They they all blend together. <laughs> they do. Cuse <laughs> <laughs> has had a had some some crazy runs everybody's had those crazy runs in the biggies it seems like that's what kind of makes it so cool yeah this game was awesome because it 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 put that that tournament put the put guys on the map for the draft which happened to be headlined by lebron but d way goes on the run we talked about mellow going on the run uh darko went on a run over there in europe yeah what a great pick Oh man! <laughs> no, it's a great draft pick in the one, and, but that's the that's the cool part about the one and done. Now you at least get to see those guys for at least what you're guaranteed at least one year of them. And that's I agree. Cool. I agree with that. Selfishly, I root. For well, enjoy it because it's about to be done. So there's gonna be a gonna be gone here in a, in a year or so. Meyer, in case you haven't been paying attention, sports have been canceled forever. So. <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying we, we lost we lost the we lost the tournament with these guys. That stinks. Yeah, no, it does suck, doesn't it? Yeah. What else you guys got? You guys got anything else for this one? Hard no. I'm I'm all out of ideas on this one. Two top coaches. It was awesome. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, Bayheim getting his national. Yeah, yeah, that's his first one, right? His only. First and only, but he's been there. Uh he was there in eighty seven. And then he was there in '96 too in the national championship game. So he just he ran runs up against that great '96 Kentucky team that goes down oh one of the God. greatest of all time. Team. And then he gets beat by Coach Knight and uh, Key Smart. You know he's he's a couple Derek Coleman free throws away from 
from sealing uh, the one in 87, too. The 96 that, Kentucky team got me in a little Twitter debate the other night. I did oh, man. see that, too. I was right, though. <laughs> well, yeah, naturally, you're always right. Yeah, yeah, we, can, wrong yeah we, can't, we can't see your Twitter feed. What's what's the debate? <laughs> uh, guys said that the, 12, the 2012 Kentucky team was one of the great teams of all time. Yeah. And I said, they're not even Cal's best team. And somebody said the 96 team. So then uh, – the dude from KSR, Matt Jones, yeah, uh, came out and said that he thought 96 was the best, uh, 15, and then he had 12 as the third best Kentucky team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think the 12 Kentucky team even fits in the – I said top five, not even the top ten great times. I don't think the 12 Kentucky teams in the top 20 great teams of all time. Oh, I don't know, man. That was a good team. Not at the but not really – they have one good pro. <laughs> well, the, hold on, we're not judging. If we're judging college teams by their their pros, that's you that, have to in the one and done era, though. I don't know. I don't think that's a fair way to judge them. They have to. But, it's it's got to be the way they dominated their season, not not the way that their the guys play in the pros. Because some they guys even are, the, Meyer, they're not the third Alford, best team are, are ever in Kentucky. That, are you gonna say that Steve Offered? That team wasn't good because Alford didn't have a good pro career. Like but I don't if you know. bite your tongue, you bite your. I know tongue exactly. I wanted Bar- I wanted Barnett in on this, <laughs> but but I think in that one and done era like that, you almost have to value it on that though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see. I don't see how it's re- it's All relevant. Right. Here's how we're gonna wrap this up, and here's something yeah. to here's something to think about because this this conversation you guys are having, I think, could lead to an interesting uh, podcast down the road, but. I was thinking about this today coming in here for this pod is uh, and with all the, the replays that are being shown that we're able to catch up on now, which has been kind of cool, even though we we're missing the, obviously the tournament. Um, I think that we should go back and I think maybe do it by decade or maybe start in 79, which I, you know, is my benchmark for when college basketball starts um, start in 79 and go through and pick out if the national champion would be different if the national championship game was a seven game series. I love it. I'm all in. <laughs> so I think I it could be that. I think that could lead to some interesting uh back and forth and and we won't won't have to cover every single national champion from 1979 on um but if you go back and you look through it and you look through the matchups and stuff I think it can lead you down a huge rabbit hole because uh, you're going to have the best teams getting upset before they make the national championship game too, and that can take you in a whole other direction. By the way, the answer to that Kentucky team is they're, they're winning the national championship that year. The 15 team, I agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no question. No question, in my mind yeah. anyways. So well, Hey, this was All a good one. I'm glad we got to do this game too. Good one, Dan. Good pick. It was decent, Dan. You guys are still assholes for giving. No, cre- shit no credit. I'm, not, I'm giving you credit. Get you got to get over on Barnett right now. No, I, I honestly, I I really enjoyed rewatching that game. I thought it was like an entertaining, fun game to sit and watch, and I wasn't even distracted by my phone watching it like I am most things. I, I and Meyer hates Billy Packers. The one thing I take. I was all in. <laughs> Myers yeah. saw for muting a broadcaster, letting muted. a broadcaster get so far muted. into his head that he has to mute. <laughs> you watch it, watch it one more time and see how many times he talks about Mello's back. Oh, Mello's back. Mello's back. Mello's back. I can back. watch Mello's any back. game oh, 38 God, 
consecutive times and never mute anything it's, because it's, it's what not makes that it's why people go after Dockage all the time and it makes me yeah. just it used to be Dig Vitale. I yeah. remember that it used to be it's, it's Dockage. I love Dockage. Get him on any call. Not, I, not on, I mean, I like him as far as like just his takes and stuff like that, but not and I guess more mostly because I watch him during IU games and he's always got. I think throw he's, I think he's the best IU. play by. I think he's the best Keller guy in in the country right now. He's not doing an IU game. He's he's all right, I think but he's not, good there not, too. I just think he's honest and people. Are nah, like, man. I think he just is. He's too much of a like. He's too. He tries to be anti IU because he doesn't want to seem like he's pro IU because people know know him from there. Wrapping up this podcast, we'll do yeah, another one on best. <laughs> Worst commentators. We're getting dockage now. It's done. <laughs> Good luck. Dan used to be a regular on a show. Yeah. yeah we'll call in. We'll All, right. In All right. All right. All right, guys. All right.